0: hilarious this guy's doing a reverse throw we here, getting ready to get throw with pens so <laughs> what's up guys john Sintes here cutter nation podcast we got a special one here my man casey dill but first help us out smash crush do everything you know hit that like button there on youtube we're over on twitch live right now check out our online store CutterNation.net. this is a sick episode uh i'm super excited cast cry low just stepped out of the frame of course he did um and uh, casey dill um, for everybody that doesn't know, my man Casey here is a—he's—he's he's married to the game. He's a baseball lifer. Um, I met Casey—I don't know what are we—eight years ago. Yeah, two thousand thirteen, I think. 2013, 2012, something like that. I think it was two, yeah, twelve or thirteen. Um, but you and I, uh, foes at the beginning, you know. But and just you know, you're—you're you're the guy on the other squad. I'm, I'm a. I'm a guy who loves to win. And so I just remember talking to you one day um, and I don't remember if we were at the halfway house that we were staying in or if we were in the hotel, but I just remember having a conversation and realizing like what the league was. Cause I was, you know, me being from Florida and a small guy, small town guy, like I, I just, I knew it was networking, but I didn't know. I didn't know how to ask the right questions. I didn't know where to do. And, you know, and I don't even know if you know this, but, I, you know, I got in an argument with Patterson, Chris Patterson. I have no problem saying this guy's name because we got a, a, done that. we got a huge argument. And then he traded me to Santa Fe the next day. And then I went back into his office and I was like, dude, I have a zero ERA. Right. And like I had it. And, and the whole argument was we have a hundred guys on our roster. You got us in the middle of Alamogordo. At twelve o'clock for an eight o'clock game. We got no food, no water, and you want me to shag BP for a hundred guys, a hundred off roster, on roster dudes. Why why am I standing out here doing this? And he just couldn't give me a good answer. So he traded me to Santa Fe, New Mexico. Probably the best thing to ever happen. Oh, no so, doubt about like, it. Right? Like it just and so that was my first taste of like. I thought people had things together in the Pro Bowl, and you know nothing gets the Pecos League. I understood what I was getting myself into, and I, I I owe a lot to the Pecos League. Like some people think it's not a good league. Like if you understand what it is, they are on Baseball Reference. They do have numbers, which like that's kind of the only way you can figure it out is by going to these lower leagues and then getting to where the things that you have now. So sorry for that small introduction to our history and everything, but. Once you introduce yourself, I know we tried to do a podcast before, but we didn't get some. We had some connectivity issues, but let everybody know who you are, where you came from, how you got to today in 2020.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much for having you. Glad we're able to make it work. Um, yeah. So, like I like like you said, my first big break uh, was when I was in the Pecos League in 2012. I'd ran my own summer collegiate programs for a lot of years. Kind of got those to the point where I couldn't make it any bigger, any better. So I said, "Hey, I want to give." pro ball shot, and I was lucky enough to know someone who knew someone who referred me to um, the owner of the league and uh, got me my first big break uh, in professional baseball. At the time, I was the youngest manager in professional baseball at 27 years old, and uh, man, like you said, uh, not always an easy lifestyle, and it's not always fun when you're in that moment in that kind of league, but the people you meet and the networking you do and just the life lessons. You know, I always tell people, man, like, and I felt like this after my time was done there, that if you could be successful in that league, you could be successful anywhere. It just turns oh, yeah. you into a different human being. It becomes survival and it becomes, you know what, I'm not going to go through all this and not have it work out, you know? So when you're in that moment, it's, it's it, it can be very hard and and, and one of the biggest reasons I don't talk to every player on every other team. There's no possible way I can. When you were playing, I was managing my own club, but you you really see the people that love baseball, and that's the best thing that I got out of the Pecos League is I met people that loved it as much as me. Otherwise, they wouldn't be there going through that kind of lifestyle. you know. So um, kind of from there, I managed uh, four more years of independent professional baseball after that uh, in the Pacific Association. Um, I got into scouting in 2015, the Atlanta Braves sponsored me to go to Major League Baseball scouting school. Um, I realized that uh, pursuing just being a, a, a professional manager really kind of narrowed what my job possibilities are, and that also professional managing managing jobs are very seasonal. So I didn't want to work baseball for three or four months out of the year and then have to go get a real job. I wanted baseball to be my job year-round. So I said, okay, well I'm going to manage and I'm also going to scout. You know, so. Um, I was lucky enough that in my managing, in, in, in independent ball, I developed a good relationship with the national cross-checker of the Atlanta Braves, and he had sent me a lot of players over the years, so when scout school came up and I was like, dude, send me, you know, I already had a really good uh, working relationship with him, you know, he'd sent me a lot of his guys, and, and they ended up being some of my better players on those 2012 and 2013 teams, so, um, and then I got into scouting, and, and and I still do that to this day, I think managing and being on the field and and helping guys get better um, is my number one passion. But I love the fact that on, at any given point, when I'm watching baseball, I can write a major league scouting report on somebody, get some video, and boom, send that thing in immediately. You know, And I've done that several times since 2015. And to see guys, and not all these guys get signed by the Braves or even by major league clubs, but you have a major league scouting report and a guy that comes from a scouting and professional uh, managing background puts something together for you. And, uh, and and send that out to independent clubs. Man, I've got had guys in the Frontier League. I've had guys in the American Association, all these very high-level um, independent professional baseball leagues. Um, and now I, I, I uh, uh, exclusively work with the Southern Illinois Minors of the Frontier League, um, which very cool thing about the Frontier League. Uh, I won't go too much off topic, but they're an official partner league of Major League Baseball now. So what Major League Baseball is doing is they're eliminating almost 200 Um, of their minor league clubs, mostly at the A-level. And uh, affiliated or uh, what was independent ball is going to really fill that gap more than ever. So you're looking at the Frontier League, American Association, and Atlantic League all being partner leagues of Major League Baseball. So um, got a little bit off topic there. But, um, you know, I also – I think it's important –
0: No, if you're talking about pro baseball and the things you were saying, I think Indy League gets a bad rap. Like even if the Pecos, right? But like – we. You know, uh, uh, Taylor Ahern, uh, one of our employees who's a great pitcher who played in the American Association and won a championship with Milwaukee, was talking about that was the most difficult level of baseball he had ever played in the American Association, and he loved it. And that's what, like, guys like me and people that love good competition, like, I I tell kids all the time, I'm not that good. I gave up four 89-mile-an-hour bombs in the cage today against the guy that doesn't care how hard I throw. Right. Mm-hmm. And so like, that's the thing that looking at how we want to tell the story in the game, this is why I partnered up with you, you know, trying to bring you in like, you and know, I've talked, you've been a great baseball mind and, you know, you, you've been an inspiration to me as well, looking at the game differently. You know, I've, I've I, you know, I came in through in your league and, and uh, the Palm Springs power and went and looked at it and I did that intentionally and we didn't really get to talk that very much, but I wanted to see what you were doing, Casey. And so, you know, it's, it's important for me to, to surround ourselves with guys that are legit that actually care about the game on the same level as we do and Cass and I talk about it all the time it's like finding baseball psychos that don't care about the conventional route to go about it like I broke my arm in college and I had doctors and scouts and people telling me that there's no way you'll play professional baseball uh-huh. you know and I just didn't believe it and then once I saw for what it was and then just literally asked a couple questions and then got an invite to a Mexican minor league spring training. And then all of a sudden I realized there's a whole nother world of possibilities of baseball to be played out there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and you hit the nail on the head. I think that there's, you know, so many, that there's just as many bad baseball people out there as there are good people. So when you find people that do it for the right reasons, like I know that you genuinely care about and want to help your guys develop and reach the highest level possible, every guy you work with, you are doing everything that you can to make him better so he could play at the highest possible level he possibly can. I've got no doubt about that with you. And that's the same way that I am. If I if I choose to work with a guy or even a guy like Sam DiMatteo, who's a head college baseball coach right now. like I, I, I was his first coaching job. He was my assistant in 2017, and now he's a head college coach. And I like to feel that I mean, Sam deserves it. He loves it like we do. Don't get me wrong. But I put a lot of effort into getting him ready in a short period of time to be a head college coach. You know what I mean? And and I put that kind of effort into anybody um, that puts that much effort into themselves. That's the first thing I look for. Like, you know, I'll put all my effort into you, but you've got to meet me halfway and at least put as much effort into yourself. And that's how you determine the guys that love it and the guys that don't. Right.
2: Totally. I have a question. Totally. Um, can we go back? I actually want some more clarification on what's going on because you probably know a lot more than I do with uh, Major League Baseball and independent uh, contracts that they're negotiating right now. Or, or I, I, I don't even know. Can you clarify on that? Sure. Yeah. So
1: Major League Baseball um, is is eliminating uh, between 150 and 200 uh, affiliated minor league teams. And, and most of those are at the A level. So you're talking about, let's say, 150 times 25 guys per team. There's going to be that many more players out there that were playing minor league baseball last year that don't have jobs. Um, so a lot of these teams that were affiliated are now going to turn into Frontier League teams, American Association teams, and Atlantic League teams. Those widely have been considered the three highest levels of independent professional baseball that have ever been around. And Major League Baseball is also saying this. We are not going to call the Frontier League, American Association, or Atlantic League independent baseball. That's no longer independent baseball. That's just professional baseball. And Mm. then you're looking at like the United Shore League, the Pecos League. That's independent ball. So it's separating, as John said earlier, like the word independent ball can have some negativeness behind it. So if Major League Baseball is going to associate themselves with these leagues, they're saying no. You're no longer independent ball. You are professional baseball now, um, but
2: not that's affiliate. a separation. So that, but not, not affiliate, <laughs>
0: right? Yeah, and it's right. kind of weird too. It's a different game. You but know what I mean? Their incentive, like incentive
2: though. Well,
1: their incentive is they don't have to pay the, the payroll for all these teams that they're getting rid of. Instead, the independent teams can pay the payroll for them and they can sign their players just as easy. So. Right. These teams are serving as their minor leagues, but they're not having hey, to run the business or baseball operation side that, of it. It's a
0: business. That strategy, that business strategy sounds real familiar. <coughs> Pecos League. Uh, yeah, just say exactly. it. Exactly. It's like the same. It's an Andrew Dunn strategy run by Major it is. League Baseball. It's,
1: it it's is. You're absolutely
0: right. <laughs> hilarious. I mean, uh, hats off to that guy. He just knew about tax logs and things as I found out too. I was like, oh, I see what you're doing here. This yeah, is, I can if we want to do a whole other
1: podcast about that we can. I can go on all day. <laughs> right, for sure.
0: I, I, well, do we doubt it. I don't we uh, probably
2: should. These are the things yeah. that as somebody who didn't play professionally that I I have seen I've been around a lot of professionals and it's like from the outside it seems so obvious that like how does anybody put up with some of this stuff? Like it's so weird.
0: Yeah. I lived in a halfway
2: house. <laughs> and you yeah, have to be right. a real kind of freak but right. but i was thinking just like even from the player development side i'm always like what the heck how does how does major league baseball not get some of these things like how like organizations telling like not being able to tell their players that um, strength and conditioning is good for them like i heard that 3 years ago uh, uh, an organization just started being able being allowed to it's crazy and the amount and of rules like, are insane oh man
0: yeah no, it's, a, it's it's crazy up. world for sure. All right. So let's uh, let's get into the details on the event. I had some people reach out and call and, and I thought this is the best way for us to talk about what we're trying to do. Um, you've been doing this for a little while. Like you said, you mentioned the Atlantic Braves. You mentioned Sam DiMatteo. He's going to be you know, there, too. I had a question about uh, and I think this is a great way to handle this. The network of schools and, and teams and people to do this. Let's go over the format. Let's go over what people are going to get. And then, you know, if you have any questions for me as well. Sure,
1: yeah. Um, I mean, first, and this is uh, another thing that's going on in baseball right now, Major league baseball organizations are are getting are, are getting rid of scouts. They're uh, getting I mean one because of everything that's going on with travel restrictions and liability. two, because now you have all these data measurable things, like uh, you have pitch logic. Uh, I use flight scope at my events, which is, you know, so, Scouts are kind of being, not all of them, scouts are being replaced by data measurables, you know? So Mm -hmm. um, these these data measurables now are more important now than ever. They show you things that you have never been able to see before. I'll give you an example. In my summer league this summer, we had a kid that threw 82 belt high down the middle and just missed barrels. And everyone's like, what's going on? He throws 82 belt high down the middle. Why are they not finding barrels all over the place? And it turned out he had like a 2,400 (laughs) spin rate, you know? and which is like a major league spin rate so um and, and that's something that if i'm just watching baseball and i have my radar gun out there that's not telling me that i can't see that the ball's already spinning too fast i can't count spins come on you know so um and that's just one example there's things like exit velo and um all this other stuff that that major league clubs can now say okay if your exit velo is 98 and above that's a major league exit velo and if your spin rate is 2300 and above that's a major league spin rate. So um, we are going to have um, more than just one type of data measurable. FlightScope is used in major league organizations. Um, I'm not too familiar with pitch logic and some of the stuff that you use. I, I mean, um, maybe you can go into that stuff a little bit. But um, So the whole point of the event is it's a tryout and combine because, yes, I do have the power to sign for, uh, for the Frontier League, for the Southern Illinois Miners, and I send players out to other teams. But, two, it's to really see – where do you stack up against the average college player, the average division one player, a player that gets drafted, a player that's in the minor leagues, and a player that's in major league baseball. You get to see exactly where you're at. And if I see something that I'm like, okay, like that's a, that's a professional prospect. That's a draft prospect. It's as simple as me uh, filling out a scouting report and turning it in with the data measurables. That, that, that's how that happens. Um, colleges are doing the same thing. You know, um, D one stools still cannot go out and watch baseball right now. They're still on lockdown. And that deadline is more than likely going to be extended to April. So how do you get exposure to schools that can't come watch you play? It has to be with data measurables. It has to be with scouting reports. It has to be with video. Those are the things that you can do. So, I mean, people have asked me too, what schools are going to be there? What schools are going to be there? And the truth is not very many but that's not where your value is in the event the value is you're going to get data that's used by major league organizations division one universities all the way down to junior colleges to where they're making signing decisions i had a college guy the other day they got a full ride scholarship offered to to a division one uh based on video and data measurables that's how it happened we put it out on twitter and you got a full ride scholarship it's like that that's what is happening now so when people you know they need to think outside of the box one think about where we're at in, you know just in the world and how that's affected baseball at the professional level at the college level and this event that we're doing man it, it's just the the perfect event to accommodate everything that's going on right now
0: exactly what i was thinking um uh, your network and my network on social media people may not understand how hard we've built that thing and, and, and how much value it brings to it you know um, it, it's. I, I feel like the agents kind of have the same movement. That makes it's a lot of interesting points there. What you're saying on it. the data measurables that are verified through some of this technology. That we know that when that player shows up, he's going to be a guy. I, mean, we, I remember going up and going to a couple showcases and almost being confused on like what to do, but like didn't even realize that I should be asking for my velos or anything for that. Just to to get real feedback, you would throw and leave, and then just hope someone would call you. You know what i mean and you had no idea what you were doing and so you know you did it without this information i just feel like you know people are just bumbling in the dark and that's where you know a lot of this um you know this data this information that that you're bringing down that we're going to be able to combine with some of the video that we put together for these kids and you know twitter is a powerful thing when you have the correct network yeah,
1: and you got to put the, the some good stuff out there. Like I talk to people all the time that say, "Hey, I love the stuff you put out on Twitter." It's it's I try to put out advice, positive information, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I mean we have a good social media network, but it's because we put out good stuff that people need. You know, they they, they yeah. need to understand this stuff to to help them really. Like I think we we break down walls and and, and tell the truth. We don't say what you want to hear. We say this is the truth. This is how it is. You know, and uh, yeah. And that's that, that's how it should be, and I think that's why we both have as much credibility as we do.
0: It's funny that you say that too, because I, I I've had pro guys reach out and be like, "Hey, uh, could you not show my radar gun reading?" And I'm like, "Why? Radar like, gun you, don't lie. What are you What are you trying to hide? Like, yeah. I mean, I, I just you know I can get it if you if you if you don't want to get exposed, but like this is a game when it comes down to it. And if you're good, you're good. You're bad, you're bad. And if you're if you're worried about hiding something because you're worried about being exposed, then like. You you probably shouldn't be playing the game that way. You should you should probably be you should probably not worry about getting struck out by a thirty four year old old guy. You know.
1: Yeah, just with a broken arm that throws one hundred and forty five pitches that had a three ERA and ten thousand feet elevation. I hear you.
0: <laughs> oh man, broken bat home runs are just heartbreakers. You know. Oh yeah, we had a bunch there. I don't think off of you, but we had a bunch there. Oh, I, I remember I gave up back to backs um, to uh white sands i remember a back-to-back inside to lefties broken bat home runs either through the hole that was in the fence or over it we don't know we have no yeah. idea you know? and
1: also sometimes off of the firehouse behind left field
0: right and that was a bomb is- though if you hit it on the firehouse there that was that was hey
1: because it was an MLB exit velocity.
0: right it was i think we measured it one time but we had to walk it off because obviously we didn't have a you know measuring tape but we walked up it was 370 oh. down the line so that was such a mm-hmm. weird tape field we had 253 down the right field line, right center was 276. There was a 15 foot wall, like chain link fence with holes in it. So if it went through, there was no way at night knowing it could have been a home run. I have no idea. Yeah, no yeah. I mean, the,
1: umpires are always going to give it the benefit right. of the doubt. Right. You
0: know? I remember uh, a guy who lives in San Diego now. It's hilarious. Michael Lang hit a ball down the right field line, clearly foul by about 20 feet. And the guy, the guy went right below. We We're like, are you? Serious? Like, it was hilarious. The lights are
1: only 40 feet high there. You get them above the lights, you can't see it anymore.
0: Hey, what is baseball? So (laughs) that's awesome. So that that actually is a great transition. Speaking of lighting and how much of a nerd we are at this place, so I wanted to talk about our facility, what we have here at Carter Nation. we got a 4,000-foot, square-foot baseball facility with a hitting and pitching side. So at our place when we're running this combine – we're going to be doing the data measurables on all the pitchers, so you will be throwing on the rap soto. We have a rap soto, we have a pitch logic. Those are going to give similar numbers, so what we're going to, going to tell different stories, right? The rap soto is going to be able to give us a, the spin rate and all the normal stuff you're seeing, but pitch logic adds a little bit more depth with a 3D mapping of the pitches, so we can actually see where it tunnels. So we'll put all that data and then video together with there, and then day two, like we were saying, live at bats, right? So we're going to video it. We got flight scope to find out, and this is where I think that our 80 foot cage so we have an 80 foot wide 11 and a half feet tall 17 feet wide beautiful indoor 17,000 lumens with 32 perfect led lights for perfect inside outside feeling lighting so this is the the thing that i'm jacked up about we have a perfect environment so all the data measurables work correctly, which is kind of a thing. If you don't have the lighting for a wrap photo or for a flight scope, then the way that those you know systems read the ball, it won't do it as accurate, and I, it has to be as accurate as possible. So setting up a perfect environment was something I really pride myself on.
1: Yeah, and I've never done one of these events inside before. We typically do these outside, and we're not able to do them in November. But so the fact that you have the facility that can accommodate a professional style workout, where we're getting these data measurables. This has been the only facility that I've even thought it was possible and, and, and it's capable of doing it. So I love what you guys are doing there and the fact that you're right. If you don't have correct lighting, and like for example, Flight Scope, you need 15 feet behind the catcher to get all uh, accurate measurables. And my first concern was, John, does your facility have 15 feet? Because I've tried to do this before and I've never found a facility that has the space I need. You're like, oh, dude, no problem. We got 25 feet behind the 80 foot cage, no big deal, you know? So um, I'm excited to, to really do one of these workouts indoors for the first time and it's awesome that you have everything we need to accommodate it
0: yeah i am i'm, I'm jack too i couldn't you know flight scope's such a cool piece of technology i can't wait to mess around it and and, and see what information that we can get on that you know we don't have a, a hitting unit yet but um it's it's gonna happen i gotta put the trigger on it then, you know
1: yeah it's all amazing stuff flight scope's also the, one of the only uh ones that can do in game. So it'll track the pitcher, it'll track the hitter, it tracks carry distance. So it's one of the few data measuring systems that records everything all at once.
0: So it's gonna do, if we do a live at bat and we have flight scope on it, we'll be able to get the pitch coming in. And then if the guy hits the bomb, we'll be able to see it go out as well, correct? Correct. Wow, that's, that's big time. Live A-B mode, man. You it might have changed my mind on where I need to be focusing our, our attention on the flight scope. Sounds real sexy, for sure. The, what
1: show. I loved most about it was it's in-game. You set it up behind the, the catcher, and you just let it go. And everything that happens on the field, it's recording in real time. So you're getting pitch angle, you know, exit velo, carry distance. I mean, every data metric you could possibly think of is, is, is updating in real time for the pitcher and the hitter. It's pretty cool.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. So we're going to be able to do a BP setup on Friday for our hitters to them to be able to show their measurables. Correct. Can you run me through what they're going to get through that?
1: Yeah. So pro style workout day one, um, everybody come ready to run. Like that's the number one mistake guys make sometimes at these things is, uh, you know, especially when we're doing an event in, in November, um, a lot of them come and they go, ah, I'm going to come there. I'm going to play no big deal. No, this is your opportunity to show us what you can do. So if you're not here ready to run, we're going to get your home to first time. That's what major league organizations use to determine your speed, you know. So come ready to run. Um, Everyone's going to do the home to first. Um, We're going to get everybody's velo. Um, All uh, position players uh, or infielders will typically throw from shortstop Um, because at the professional level and at the college level, at some point everyone was a shortstop. So if you can play shortstop, you can play second, you can play third. That's kind of the idea there. We get their their velo across the diamond. And then we're going to get all of the, the outfielders' velo as well, where they'll get a nice little ground ball, a good crow hop. They'll let it fly. Um, as an outfielder, arm strength is a very important tool. You know, sometimes it's a reason you get signed or you get an offer. Um, and then they're going to roll right into just getting ready for for uh, live ABs the next day. And that, that could be tees, front toss, BP, all of the above. Um, the whole idea is, hey, get ready to see some live pitching. you know? And uh, for some of these guys, it might be the first time they see a, a live pitch since who knows how long. So um, right. again, I want to reiterate, try to come as ready as you possibly can. This is your opportunity to show what you can do.
0: Right. And so we're gonna be recorded on video, matching everything together, building a nice package for you when you come in and you uh, you get the whole thing, right? And so we'll we'll do our best to edit it down to to try to show the best product that we can for. For, for the athletes that are coming in and try to show off.
1: Yeah, I love that you're packaging video with it. obviously video is more important now than ever. you know so the fact that we're packaging video data measurables all that stuff into one that's that's how recruiting and signing decisions are happening now. so
2: um, it's it's really cool what we're doing. Uh, for the record I was I was thinking of this earlier um, coaching at the d3 level and the recruiting process there. I mean, a lot of their recruits are from online platforms and the video quality is always so laughable and and i just was always like hey you know i would even say it to my lessons back there before we were doing anything like we're doing here um but just like my video from my phone is better than most of the stuff that i see on some of these online things so just just plugging that for a record as a a college coach that that knows how how yeah and i'll
1: I'll add on to that. There's, I mean, 95% of the colleges in uh, America that have baseball programs have very small to no recruiting budgets, you know, and now more than ever, there's going to be less recruiting budget and there's going to be more video and data measurable. It's, it's just, yep. so it's it's so relevant to what what we're doing, to what's going on in just the world of recruiting and scouting now. So thank you for pointing that out because there's more programs like yours that are smaller programs than there are the major top 25 D1 programs that everybody knows about.
0: Right on, right on. And we're definitely uh, in, in really focusing on get, capturing the 4K quality for what we're trying to do. We're going to be able to send it off to the people, put it on YouTube, and and make sure that everybody gets a, a you know, it, it's it's as weird as it sounds, it sounds pretty simple to me. It's, and I know you know about the flight scope and the other stuff too, but it'll be very simple for us to put a, put together everything that we need. And I couldn't be more, Jack. That was, that was the guy right there that just hit the home run, hit three home runs. Up. <laughs> Did he keep the ball? <laughs> it, it was, it was a little mushed, you know what I mean? So yeah, it's yeah. what it is. Right. So, all right, cool. Well, you know what? Um, I don't want to up too much more of your time, but you know, I appreciate it. You explaining it. You know, we're going to be using our networks, building a good video package, getting some data, you know, a very unique experience for everybody that that wants to come check this out. It's not the, first, it's not the only one we're going to plan on doing. We're going to get better at this. You know, the first one, we're going to have some feel on it for right here, but I'm really excited about, you know, a very, Minimal, minimum, semi-annual kind of kind of event, if not more. And you and I talked about maybe doing some stuff, you know, sooner rather than later. I think this weekend will be a good test to see how it runs. So I'm pretty excited about it.
1: Yeah, I'm pumped. And we're in, we're just in a beautiful location, tons of baseball talent. So I'm expecting, uh, you know, I, I haven't done one of these events where we haven't had a couple guys signed to go play professional. We've had guys that go on and play internationally. We've helped guys move on to colleges. So I've never done one in Southern California before we're you know, the talent level is as good as anywhere in the country. So I'm, I'm super excited to see, you know, what kind of talent we have at the event.
0: That's awesome. I appreciate it. and Casey, I appreciate it, man. Guys, uh, we're going to put a link in the description. There's still some available spots to sign up for our combine that we have going on. Um, Cass, you got anything? No, good to meet you, man. Appreciate having you on.
2: Pleasure. Thanks for having me, guys.
0: Thanks, Casey. I appreciate it, man. Uh, You guys, we can't wait to see you soon. Casey, we got to keep this going, man. This is awesome. I appreciate it. No doubt about it. Thank you, guys. Yep.